Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about the Red Wings. <laughs> you know what, Cindy? I cannot believe that another game and another bad performance. Well, we talked about this last week. We talked about that they had a challenging calendar coming up, challenging stretch of games. We knew they'd be going on this West Coast trip, or Canadian trip, rather. And um, it's been rough. I mean, six losses in a row. They go to Vancouver tomorrow. Yep. Um, that's not going to be a piece of cake for them. It can't be fun. I think that at this point, you know, the best thing the Wings can really do is they've got to battle and win the mental game. Because this is as much mental as it is physical at this point. Yep. After you lose six in a row, it's really, really hard to be in the mental state of mind to be a winner when you keep getting reminded every night you're a loser, you know? So I think that they've got to, you know, that's, I think what the rings can do. Obviously they've got some, they've got some serious holes in the, in, in their roster as far as, you know, they don't have a defenseman who they can count in. They sure as hell goaltending, 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 do not have a goaltender that they can count on. Those are huge things that they can't overcome right now. They can't change those right now, although, you know, Stevie might make a move at the trade deadline. We're going to talk about what Stevie might do. But right now, there's not a damn thing that they can do about their lack of talent, on, you know, in, in the defensive uh, end. And they can't – there's nothing you can do. So the only thing that they can do, that the guys can do, is try to win over that mental game. Mm-hmm. Try to get over the fact that they've had six losses. That doesn't mean they are losers. It just means they've had a bad streak and um, try to get prepared the best they can for Vancouver on Thursday. I got a different perspective. Of course you do. I think I think the uh, biggest issue I have with the Red Wings right now is pride. There's no pride. Like, you know, when you're getting your ass beat consistently and you're, you're getting – I mean, in the last 10 games, 61 goals have been scored against them in the games that they lost. That's brutal. That's but that, that that just shows me that like there's no pride. Like as an athlete, I mean we could talk to Darren about this at some point because we talked to him a lot. There's a personal pride that you have in everything that you do. Like for instance, like you run for political office. There's a pride to do the best that you can do. Sure. There's a pride for us to do the podcast the best that we could do. These guys going out there right now. They're struggling just to have pride in the way that they play. They're not. There's no pride on that that team right now. I mean, you could look at. There's probably three guys I can single out who I could say 
they are have they do have pride and they do show toughness. And one of them is a two of them are rookies, and one of them is the captain, and that's Larkin, Sider, and Raymond. The rest, it's inconsistent. I mean, one you want if you want to be a professional, you got to show pride every single night that you're out there, because it's, it's a luxury to be in the NHL. So I just I, for me, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing I take away from last, you know, since we last had our podcast the last week. That was before the Minnesota Wild game, and I remember. I think it was just before the Minnesota Wild game, and I think uh, that was a game that they played pretty well in, but they still gave up six goals. Well, you know, exactly. That's right. And it goes along with exactly what I said. Nadalkovic putting the goal in his own goal. I mean, just, just, that's that's bad luck, but there's some things that I see. Like yesterday, I saw Mark Stahl. He had a personal pride, but that was the first time I've seen some pride from a, a, like a Stahl or a Letty. I mean, Vladdy has been brutal the past couple uh, weeks. He's, oh, yeah. He's just – he hasn't been good. And, the you know, what the sad part about it is, is like some of these younger guys that you expect, that they will have the pride, that they will have the tenacious agility and the ability to make those, make those, you know, have the heart to do it. And they're not – and some of them are just straight loose and goosing. Well, it's tough, Joe. I mean, it's tough. When you're on a losing team that probably doesn't have a shot at the playoffs, you're looking toward the end of your season coming sooner rather than later. And, you know, you're probably in a position like, you know what this reminds me of? This is like, I can just imagine these guys, when they get approached in public, let's say they're, I'll I'll, I'll do one of your scenarios, Joe. They're at the bar. They're at the bar. They're at the bar, as often they are. And, um, you know, they're cruising for girls, right? And and they're they're uh, putting their their best. Uh, I'm a professional hockey player thing out there, right? In a way, the attitude, right? Like I'm someone special. And um, you know they're they're putting their their thing out there. And someone says, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And they're going. They answer like the guys used to answer. And Darren told me this that when they go to the bar and the girls ask them, "Hey, what do you do for a living? Where do you work?" They would never tell them that they were professional hockey players. They would say, "Oh, I work at Joe Louis Arena." <laughs> it's not false. They're not lying, but they weren't going to say they played for the Red Wings. And it wasn't because they didn't have pride. It was because quite the opposite. They didn't want, you know, girls knowing that they were professional hockey players because they didn't want them taking advantage and all this stuff. And they played games and tell them they were different people and all that kind of fun stuff. And that's great. But I can imagine these guys going to the bar. Here we are fast forward, right? 20, 30 years. Now these guys are going to the bar, pick up chicks. And they're they don't want to tell them what they do and who they play for because they're embarrassed. I think it's exact. I think it's the opposite. I mean, they're gonna say like, "I I work at LCA." <laughs> I, I think it's the opposite because I'll tell you something. I've, I've I've heard from people that they're passionate with what they say. Like they're they they'll say it right off the gate. I play for the Rebels. Oh really? Yes, I, I've heard it. I've heard it a couple times, especially in downtown Royal. I've heard I've heard it come from a few sources, and to me, I, I get you have to have a personal life, right? Yeah, I get you have to have a personal life, but at the same portion, there was one instance where a player was on a back to back, home back to back, and he's out at the bar until two a.m. So your point is they shouldn't be there when you're on a back to back. I I just 
And that guy that we're that I'm not gonna say his name because that's that's ridiculous. But there's a young player on the Red Wings who was out in downtown Royal Oak until two a.m. when he had a, a game the following day at twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that just shows me that some of these players are not taking this seriously enough. It's telling me that that uh, there's I think personally when we talk about the trades, I think that there's gonna be some big moves here soon because. I think Stevie Y looks at this. I think Jeff Blaschel looks at this. I don't blame this all on Jeff Blaschel. And I'll tell you uh, something else with Steve. I don't think the management would care that these guys were out till 2 o'clock in the morning at the bar if they were producing. They, right. they wouldn't care. But the fact is, when you're well, not I mean, what's producing. The, what's, the, what's the running joke about Bob Probert? He comes straight from the halfway house to play <laughs> hockey. I mean, it's the same thing. But like, you if, still knock it out of the park. But if you're, but if you're, if, if you're not producing... These things are under the microscope. You gotta understand, you gotta understand. You know, I, I remember I talked to a Lions player one time. And he's literally said, I hate losing. Which is funny because he plays for Lions. That's that's <laughs> first part. Second so part He hated his life most of his career. God. But this but he could not his 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 whole thing was he could never go out and enjoy himself on the weeks that they lost. Like on a Sunday or you know a Monday because they got the day off that day, like that's just the personal pride of how you 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 approach the game, right? Well, and you have to be a professional. You know what I mean? At some point, you have to say, yeah. The fact is, yeah, I might be 22, 23, whatever, and all my friends are doing this. But the reality is, all your friends aren't professional hockey players. Some of them are. You're not. They're not like you. Not, they're not like you. You are unique. You're special. You're different. You've been blessed with talent, and you developed that talent. So good for you. That's fantastic and admirable. But the other side of that coin, you know, they say, Joe, and and I used to even with people in my field, right, to whom much is given, much is expected, and um, that's the fact. You know, you've been given an opportunity, as you pointed out, it's an amazing opportunity to play in the NHL. Uh, you've been given that opportunity. You've earned it with your talent and your development of of that talent and your hard work. But now that you're here and you've been given this amazing contract, probably more money than you've ever seen in your life, more than most people will ever see, don't you, 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 there's much is expected of you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're expected to perform. You're expected to take care of your body. You are expected to protect the investment that the Red Wings have made in you. And you're expected to behave in a manner in which that – level of investment dictates so you know and you know that's why i was so impressed by mo cider mart cider gets it and he said that right you know he understood and he got it uh got it early on but other people don't and so yeah you're you're gonna have to button it up you're gonna have to do it better you're gonna have to be tighter than you are now you can't be as lax with um with some of that stuff because people are looking at it and you can understand why you need to understand why I found it um, crazy to me that Cider was the one that was saying he was taking accountability for things that he's done, but he's not been he's not he's been the best part of the team. Him Larkin. Well, that's not an accident, Joe. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's how you know you're a professional because you're not taking accountability for your own actions. You're not taking accountability for other people's actions, and I think that's that. That tells more about the leaders in the room that are Larkin, Raymond, and Cider. I think those are your three leaders or not. 
And it wouldn't surprise me, quite frankly, in the next couple of years. I think I to think, see one of those guys wearing the A. I I think they're both wearing the A next year. I think they're both wearing the A because I think Cider has the term has shown the ability to be a leader. The way he talks, the way he prepares, and the way he does it. You know, it's different. It's you know, it's way different for a player just to be announced as a team captain or an ass, or, or assistant team captain. You know, wearing the A, wearing the C. That's a that's a that's a very very big moment for these guys. Yeah. And I just the past you know past couple years, you're just wondering like what I don't I don't I really don't understand it. Like I just don't understand the like the way that they they pick these guys because some of them weren't even close to being captains. Oh right right and I think. You know, leadership was something that the Red Wings were lacking for a long time, and now that's starting to finally come together. Now, now they just got to get folks are going to put in the effort. They got guys are going to put in the effort, take this thing seriously, and um, and really grow. You know, grow into the professionals they need to be, or start taking it seriously because what they're doing right now is not getting it done. Goaltending, we've got to get something together on goaltending. Do you think, Joe, that Stevie's going to do something? We've got the trade deadline coming up on Monday. What do you think Stevie's going to do? Do you think he's going to do something with regards to goaltending or defense? You're thinking there's a big move coming from the captain. And by the way, there's only ever going to be one the captain yeah. in my mind. It's Stevie right? Y. At Stevie Y. What is the he's captain still, of this ship going to do? He's still the captain of this ship. You bet. What's yeah. he going to do? I think he's going to make a big move. I think when I talk about big move, I talk about – He's gonna move one of these guys that people go, wait, what? He moved who? And I don't really don't think it's gonna be Larkin. I don't think it's gonna be Raymond. But you think it's gonna be a Mantha level trade? Oh yeah. Oh, you, oh yeah. yeah. I think it's gonna be a Mantha level trade. I wouldn't be shocked if Bertuzzi's is gone. Whoa. You think he's gonna let Bert go? I I find that hard to believe. Go ahead and give me your reasoning, and I'll tell you why I think that's crazy. I think you're. I think you're on the crazy train again, Joe. To Fantasyland. I do not think Bertuzzi's going anywhere. Prove me wrong. Why is he leaving? There are several reasons why I think this. Number one, the, the main reason I think this. I think Stevie's still pissed off about him not being able to go to Canada to play the game that you know he's paid to play. Because you could have whatever stance you want about vaccinations, all like. That jazz. It's not. That's not what it's about. What it's about is, you know, there's probably players that took the vaccination that didn't really effing want it. There's probably players that took the vaccination just because they wanted to be with their team, playing the game that they love, and they didn't want to let their team down. I know three separate people that are in the NHL and five separate people that are in the NFL that wanted no part of that the stupid vaccine. They wanted no part of it. But they all got it for one reason, one reason only. They wanted to be able to play. They wanted to be able to play without these insane measures that they have. I mean, don't get me started on the, the whole Kyrie Irving can't play in his own arena, but he can go attend the game. <laughs> <laughs> that though, it just yeah, not, it, made, not making a whole lot of sense. With it a just lot of it that. just don't make any sense. No. I mean, it's, 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 but I think he's pissed off about that, and I think that there's also a, a portion of him that goes. Is this the best that Bertuzzi can be? Is this the best that Bertuzzi can be? You know, the one thing about Stevie Y that he has done brilliantly uh, 
in the past. Corey Conacher was one of the best players for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. early 2012, 2013. Phenomenal player. He, he goes, he had his best year. Steve Y traded him at the deadline. Stevie Y traded him at the deadline. That's what got him Ben Bishop. That's what got him another uh, couple players that stayed on the uh, the roster for Tampa Bay long until now. But it's just like, like that's something that Stevie Y would do. Like it's totally something Stevie Y would do. But what does he and, gain by getting rid of Bertuzzi? So you're not getting rid of. I don't want to say that because I I think. He's going to take uh, – Bertuzzi – Here's he, what it does. He's a high-value player. Here's what it does. What does he get for him? Here's what it does. It sends a message to every one of these guys. It sends a message. It goes, okay, you guys think that you are going to be okay? No, you better you better start playing better because if this guy is gone, that means all of you can be gone. See, it's, it's like I remember when the Red Wings – Scotty Bowman and Ken Holland, they, they were doing this interview, and they remember when they traded Paul Coffey away, mm-hmm. which was like, why would you trade Paul Coffey away? But the motive behind it was ulterior. It's not what you got for Paul Coffey. It's not what you got. It's the message it sent. It's the message you send to the players saying, if I can kick this guy's ass out of here, you could be next. And it doesn't matter who you are. And that's that's exactly what I think could be happening. And I think you watch these games. You watch Stevie can't be happy about the way they're playing. I mean, I, the one time they showed him in the booth, he looks like he wanted to like jump out of the booth and like start beating people. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you ever see Stevie's? I wonder if these guys ever look at these tapes. After you know, I I very rarely, or I used to very rarely watch myself on, and I'm on I'm on camera all the time. I'm on TV a lot. Yeah. And you know just. And I used to never watch myself. Yeah. I just didn't. I don't like the. I know what I said. I was there. I'm sure these but players go back and watch. I'm wondering if they do. I'm sure they go back and watch because you can go back and watch these games and you can slide through them. But I wonder if they see Stevie's face when they show him up there in the booth. Do you ever see the guy looks like he's almost possessed sometimes? Like there's big veins bulging out on his forehead. He's got that intense stare like there the are Minnesota lasers game, the, coming the, out the of Minnesota, the eye socket. The Minnesota game made this clear to me. Because he's, they they pan, ESPN pans the camera to him, and you can see him go, he's effing done, he's effing done, and you're going, who is he talking about? I don't know who he's talking about, but whoever it is, they're effing done. They're effing done. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh my god, and people are you know they're saying oh it could be Blash alone, it could be blah blah blah, and it's like, none no one got cut after the game, but. That didn't make you didn't mean you didn't make phone calls the next day on that guy. And whoever it, he was. It, 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 it also could mean like he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. Yeah. Because I think Stevie Y is 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 looking at this roster and he's going, We're close, but we're not close enough. Where do we need a jolt? Probably defensively. Probably defensively. Offensively. I mean, you could have Bergeron up next year. You can have Soderblom up next year. Well, and these guys can score goals. They're proving that they can score goals when they're on. So I think he's got stuff to work with in terms of his forwards and his offense. I think he's the defensive portion is 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 the is the bad part. And I think yeah. that's that's the, I think that is what he's going to look at in free agency and trades. And I think he's going to be really active with trades in the next six months. And you're thinking he's going to play at the deadline. 
You think he's going to do something oh, before without, Monday? Without a doubt. All right. So, and you think he's he might make a big move, a big name, maybe Bertuzzi's on the block. And I will say, I will say this: I wouldn't be shocked if Bertuzzi moved. I wouldn't be shocked if there's someone moved that you that people are like, "What? He traded who?" And I mean, obviously, people don't like Zadina, but Zadina's been playing good. Rasmussen, Leno, all those guys. Or it could be someone that maybe you th- thought was going to be like Haranik, who was going to be here for a while. Gone. You just never know. Stevie Y, this is what he does. He does this all the time. He did it in Tampa Bay, and that's how they became good. He knew when to pull a trigger. After certain players, when they were peaking too high, and he knew there wasn't. He, he knew this was the best they were going to be. Yeah. Well, okay, here's my opinion on I, I'm going to take a divergent opinion. Are you are you done with your with your prediction? Yeah, go on. I predict Stevie does nothing at this trade deadline. Not that he won't play, not in the offseason. I think that's when Stevie's gonna make his moves. I think he's gonna do it in the offseason. I think it's gonna depend uh in large part how, how the draft goes. Um I think he's gonna play a lot in the next six months. I don't argue that because he has to. He has to. But I don't think he's going to mo- make a move right now. So I that's where he, I differ I think he will you. trade Luddy and Stallway. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Here's what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to package up a couple of these older veterans that aren't doing what he needs them to do. And I think the other thing you might see him do, I don't think he's going to do the trade deadline, but a couple other people I think you're going to see go this year are going to be a couple of people like you're like, who the hell is that? I don't even remember seeing that guy. I think you're going to see a couple of those people go too. Maybe he's going to make some trades. He tends to trade away some guys that are uh, down in the uh, minor league system. I think he's going to package that up uh, and, and ship off a couple of those guys. Um, I, I don't think he's going to do anything big here at the trade deadline. That's my. That's where I, I differ from you. We're going to know by next week, right? Because we're going to know the trade next deadline Monday, is Monday. Next Monday, we'll know. We're going to see who was right. Was it Joe or was it Cindy? Did he make a trade and did he make a trade for a big name or didn't he? Um, you know, Bert has been a name that's been talked about. We talked about it last season on the show. Mm-hmm. We talked about it because we heard, you know, that he, his name has been circulated in the past as perhaps being uh, packaged up for, for a good deal uh, to someone else. But um, I don't think, but Stevie just wasn't getting what he would have wanted, but he did get what he wanted for Mantha. That was a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. See, I think you're right on this. Here's where I totally agree with you. Stevie is going to pull the trigger at the right time yep. because he knows he's got to leverage his assets at the right time to get the most value out of whatever he's going to trade away. Stevie doesn't like these mediocre deals or these even, even Steven deals. He wants to freaking clean your clock. He's going to pick your pocket and he's going to get, he's going to do something huge. And I'm not sure he's in a position to do it yet because Where's he, what's he going to do? Where's he going to go? I mean, I, I don't see where he's got availability. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't see, I don't see the market being available to him. Cause I don't see if anybody wants to really move anyone mm-hmm. that would be worthy of a Bertuzzi or a big trade right now, because there's too many, too many guys, too many teams that are uh, in the hunt for the, for, for the playoffs yet still. So I don't think so. I don't think he's going to make the big move. I, I don't think, think he will he'll be able to get what he, what I think, he wants. I think he will. And I think okay. what he's going to do, I think at first people are going to be like, what the hell? And then I think at the, I think by the end of the year, you're going to be like, okay, he did. He did. 
and there's one guy I can specifically name, I think that could be, and he's been talked about with the Red Wings, been linked to the Red Wings for about a week now. And that's Moreno from uh, Pittsburgh. It's a right-handed shot, young hand, young guy. He's on, he's under contract for a while, and he is a good effing hockey player. He's a defenseman. He plays the game the right way. He plays it kind of op, He plays it a little bit the opposite of the way Cider plays. He's more of the uh, physical, in-your-face type, and I think that's something that Stevie Y should, is probably going to look at. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think if Stevie Y trades away some forwards for a defenseman, I think that's a good move. But if he does, I see him packaging up like a Valeno Zadina mm-hmm. uh, and, and getting a defenseman for those guys because I think we can afford to lose Zadina and Valeno. I will argue with you, I don't think Burt's going anywhere. I don't think, number one, I think Burt brings something that um, that we need and that we can't replace. Number two... Uh, I'll tell you why I say no to Bert, that Bert's not going anywhere. Um, Bert is, uh, he and Larkin are very close, both professionally. They're great teammates, but they are very close personal friends. Um, And they have a a certain chemistry together. They work well together. I can't see Stevie breaking that up um, because you just, that's not something you can just find around every corner. So I think, you know, he's got that going from why, why mess with what's working. That's another reason. And the third thing is Bertuzzi has become somewhat of a marquee player here, as much as Larkin has been. And he's become somewhat synonymous with the Red Wings. He's become part of the family. Uh, As you know, I mean, obviously, we all know that, you know, his uncle Todd was a Red Wing and, and, uh, you know, had that kind of legacy. The Bertuzzi name is somewhat of a legacy with the Red Wings. Not not as much as, as, you know, Lindstrom or some of the other ones. But, um, you know, you've got... You just, I, I just don't think that he's going to, A, get enough value for Burt right now. I really don't. I just don't think the market is available uh, for him to get what he wants from Burt if he were to get rid of him. Two, I think he's tight with Larkin. They got chemistry. They have a personal relationship. I don't think he's going to screw that up. Three, I think that, Tar- that Bertuzzi, I don't think he can fill that hole with anybody that we've got. And he does have some other forwards he can get rid of and get just as much for. And uh, four is that he's just kind of part of the family. And I just don't see Stevie breaking that up unless he could get something. Absolutely. I, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I, I just think that that's going to be one of the plays that he, he – there's where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's my, that's my take. There's smoke, there's fire. And I think, you know, what Darren said about him, uh, what other players have said about him, Bertuzzi, Mm-hmm. About the whole vaccine thing, I think that's kind of like the sediment around the whole thing too. I really do because I think those guys they played the game, they played, they've been in those tight knit corners. There's 25 men on a roster, okay? 25 men, and you're usually close with them, and you're usually go out, you usually go all out for them. And I just think that I think that could probably send a bad message to some of these these guys. I mean, especially with them being in Canada right now, they don't have a guy that they need. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need a Bertuzzi, but he's unavailable right now. Don't, it don't matter what you think about the vaccine or what I think about the vaccine or anything. It's just the fact that he's not available. Yeah, I I, I can go with the whole – because, you know, I'm thinking of if I'm on the other side and I'm one of his teammates and 
you're, you're going to go to the mattresses for each other and together, right? To make, you're going to do whatever it takes yeah. to win a championship. And he wouldn't do that. Like you can go out and say, yeah, I support my teammates decision. Yeah. I'm okay with it. it but there's it, a little piece of you in there. That's kind of like, it's, really? It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you, it's kind of like you just like, it, you just did something that none of us did. Like, and I'm sure there's probably guys on the roster that didn't want to do it either. But they did because they wanted to be the perfect team. They want to be a good teammate. And they wanted to be with their team when they go to, especially these high players, these big time players. I mean, I'm sure that they were like, no, I'm not doing that because I, I can't do that. I can't let down my team. Like there's push. Like Tom Brady, I think, I think he had the best quarterback of all. He goes, I don't, I don't want to inject that shit in my body. But if I have to to play the game, I'll freaking do it. That's just yeah, it's that's, a level of commitment. That's yeah. just that's just a level of commitment. Like yeah. that, that's that's how it goes. And I just think that I don't know if there's something behind the scenes that we don't see. But I just think that that's something we should definitely be looking at. Well, I think it would be a shame if he did it right now because Bert's on the verge of becoming a dad. I don't know any minute now, probably. I don't know if it already happened and they haven't reported it yet. Well, it's a, it's a business. and to be, But, I mean, that's huge, you know. And I just, you know. It's a business. And if I get there's it. a deal that comes along and your team is not playing at the, at the level they should and your team has just come back from Canada and you can play in those three games, well, kind of made your own bed, you know. I understand. I see where you're coming from, but even from a business standpoint, I don't think Steve can get what he would what he would need to have for Bertuzzi, and I just don't think he's going to make that big of a move right There's now. There's also a, a so. other side to this. If you're a team trading for Bert, would you want him if in case you have to go play in Canada? Well, that's a that's an excellent point. That's that's the, that's the something I, I've been debating in my head. I'm like, if you're a playoff team, like let's say you're Pittsburgh, right? Let's say it was Pittsburgh they traded him to. They trade in Pittsburgh. They go play the the, the second round uh, of the playoffs. They go play Montreal, which they wouldn't play Montreal because they're the wild card. Or they, yeah, they're the wild card, and they play they play yeah. one of those guys because they're in the Atlantic Division. But like, if you go, if that was the case, he's unavailable for two away games, possibly three, or if you're the lower seed, he'd be gone for four games. Yeah. So would you really would you trade for him? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't think Bert's going anywhere, and uh, that's another reason why I didn't even think of that one, Joe. And you're exactly right. What who's going to want him? Because he's going to be unavailable at the time when you need him most. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep. Next we will talk about the Lions. We will see you on between the whistles, Detroit. Your hometown team. Welcome to the new Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. Cindy did not like that music. I said, what the hell is this? We are get this was the official one of the NFL songs of the season playlist. Okay? Oh jeez. Alright. Obviously we're talking football. Yep. And Brad Holmes, I think he enamored himself enamored himself with the kind of general manager that you want as a rebuilding franchise. And I say this with all uncertainty because here's the reason. He signed DJ Chark to this one-year deal, but it has two years where it could be it could be voided. They're option years, pretty much. Brilliant. Because if, if he, Chark plays good, boom, 
got a good receiver and you you, and you got the option to keep him. You got the option to keep him. If he yeah. sucks, gets injured like he did last year because of his ankle that's made of paper mache. <laughs> um, Poor guy. It's, it's just a fact. But if, if he doesn't play to what he's capable of, you can get rid of him. And then, you know, there's, there's another thing about it is I wa- I've watched people on Detroit Lions News. They're, they were in on Marcus Williams to get the safety from New, or- New Orleans. Yeah. And they lost out to him because Baltimore paid him pretty much a whole guaranteed contract. And I don't think I don't think uh, Brett Holmes was willing to go to that extent to get him. Mm-hmm. And I got a method for a reason and method for why he did that. Why is that? Because next year you set yourself up to go into free agency and you have $111 million in salary cap space. Well, you know, also when I saw the contract structure for Sharp and that it only counts $4 million toward the cap in 2022, yep. my first thought was, what's he saving the money for? Who is he saving the money for? Mm-hmm. They have a plan and it must be a big one because he is saving some serious money to make a serious investment in a, I believe, a marquee player. I don't think he does it for just optics. Right. No, I, I don't think, think he did it for optics either. I think it's part of a plan. I think he has someone in mind, mm-hmm. and I think he might go get that guy that he has set in mind. And I think that with the way Brad Holmes has approached the free agency has been brilliant because if you've seen, I don't know, you, you're, you are so busy on a campaign trail with your whole uh, – SOS and uh, yeah, I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere different every night, you're, but it's you're, great. You're a, little, a lot of people. You're a little cute Secretary of State office, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, everyone out there who renews their tabs, including every Detroit Lions player, which I have to do, right? Um, every one of them needs to know who their next Secretary of State's going to be. So right. I got. I'm on the trail, but yeah, but no, you're I on, take you're time. On the tra- you're on the trail, but I always take time for our show, Joe, because I am committed to Detroit sports, and I am. A Detroit. You are a committed person. You bet. I'm committed 100%. But the contracts that have gone on in the NFL are absolutely insane. I mean, they had had a guy like Christian Kirk. Jaguars, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But I tell Lions fans this because this is a good good thing for them. Because usually they're – let's face the facts. Lions fans are not used to good things happening to them. You don't say. Uh, (laughs) You had, to, you, had, you had to go there. You had to go there. Of course I had to go there because I know you've been a long-suffering Lions fan and people need to be able to commiserate with you. Listen, what the Jaguars did is exactly what you don't do. Yeah. Because if you have to get all your talent in free agency, it means that you suck at drafting. It means that you can't draft yourself out of a paper bag. It means that you cannot add young talent, so you have to overpay for mediocre to decent talent. They're paying Christian Kirk, who is not this great wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. He ain't great. More than Devontae Adams, who is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. More than Keenan Allen, who is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Christian Kirk? What? And then they're just they're spending money like like it's like like they're at a they're in a strip club. <laughs> they're just throwing down. They're just they're just, and, but they're throwing hundreds. It's like if I equate the Jaguars are the the fat guy that walks into the strip club and goes, 
here's my money to the first blonde, redhead, brunette chick that he sees that has a big pair. And he goes, money, throwing it. Because that's the only way they're coming over to see that guy, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. the only way these guys are coming to play for some of these teams, they have to entice him by throwing obscene amounts of money at him. And that's not the way you build a team. No. I mean, Brad Holmes comes from a, a place in L.A. where he had players banging down the door to get back, get in this this past year. Yeah. Von Miller, Odell Beckham, they played, they came to play for the Rams because they had a Super Bowl, they had a chance at a Super Bowl. You can see Brad Holmes is setting it up to be just like the LA Rams, what they did. And he's actually trying to do it in a better way because he's going to pick a quarterback at some point, or he might have a quarterback here. Well, they've maintained that, that we do have a quarterback in Jared Goff that we can work with. We just got to build a team around him. And I don't know if I'm sold on that. I love Jared Goff's attitude. I love his, um, you know, I, I love his passion. And and I think he'd be committed to this program. I'm just not sure. He can take him over the top. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the same camp, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what he can do with more talent this year because obviously they've added talent to it. Ivan Rossi Brown, Josh Reynolds come back, uh, DJ Chark. I mean – they're gonna have a really good offense, and he's he can do he can work with that. And if he can't work with that, there's gonna be another quarterback coming in. But I just it's fascinating to me that I see Lions fans once again fall into the trap of we needed to play be a big spender in free agency. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't think you guys understand what comes along with that. You know, right. Well, the thing is, you want to be a big player in free agency, but what are you going to get? I mean, that does not equate into a successful rebuild. That does not equate into you know chances at a Super Bowl. That that bring it doesn't it doesn't equate to that. Yeah, none of these players are putting you over top. No, I mean, when what case, Joe? Can you really say that being a big player uh, in free agency has resulted that that in of itself has resulted in any of these last? Five Super Bowl teams. Did it contribute to any one of them? The Bengals. But here's what the Bengals did. They didn't. They didn't overspend. That's a, that's the difference because I think what people they saw what the, the uh, Bengals did. You know, they saw the Bengals go to Super Bowl. Trey Hendrickson was a free agent. They got uh, Mike Hilton for free agent, but they really didn't pay any of those guys absorbent amounts of money. They took a chance on a guy and they thought he they could fit fit the scheme and the, the team and the way that they play. Yep. I think that's more important than uh, some guy that is hyped up by because he's one of the best free agents and you land them. I mean, I think it's more important to get guys that fit your program. But I also think what Brad Holmes did is he he literally said the same thing Steve Eisman has said and uh, Troy Weaver have said is we're going to build this thing the right way. We're not going to take no shortcuts. We're not going to take a – we're not going to buy this this team into where a couple years from now you have to do it all over again because these contracts come back to haunt you. It's this is not this is not what they're doing. They're going to keep mm-hmm. it status quo. They're going they have confidence that they can draft and t- develop and get the best talent to fit, to round this team out. And let's hope that. Well, that's that's my point is that. It's not just one thing, right? It's not just spending money. It's 
if you're going to spend money, spend it wisely, yep. invest it wisely. You know, and I think Detroit's starting to do that. I, I think they, they made a great deal um, with this last acquisition. I think that was a very wise move. And I think if they continue to make those types of deals, they will leave themselves enough cap space to be able to take advantage when the big fish comes along that they've really had their eye on, when it could be a game changer, mm-hmm. when it could be a real catalyst. In the meantime, let's pick up these value players for some great deals and uh, what could it hurt? So I think that they're, I think they're doing it the right way and you're right. It has to be, we need somebody who's going to fit our program. What I think a lot of Lions fans are struggling with, Joe, myself included, and maybe you can enlighten us here a little bit. What is the damn plan? We don't even know what the plan is. We can't even figure out what the plan is. So that's great that they want to, you know, get someone for the program. But what what the heck is that? What is the program? Because it doesn't seem like they've got one. The program is, I don't know what you mean by program. Do you mean like the way that they're trying to build this thing? Yeah, I mean, their structure in terms of, who, you know, what what's their approach going to be to the game? Because you were saying, you just said that you've got to get guys that fit your program. Yep. That's great. But I'm saying I think there's a bit of, of uncertainty and murkiness about what the Detroit Lions program is. Do they even have one? Because for a long time, you know, people would say, well, they need to get a quarterback. We need to get a quarterback. If we just had a quarterback, that's our big problem. Well, we had a Super Bowl potential quarterback who became a Super Bowl reality in Matt Stafford for a decade. Mm-hmm. And did nothing with it. So what is the program? And how is that going to change? Obviously, we've got Dan Campbell in charge now. Um, you know, and uh, of, of, you know, he's kind of captaining this ship right now uh, as far as being the head coach. And what's his what's his plan? What is his program? Because if we can figure that out, we can determine in our limited scope, right, as just fans and observers, we can it can make sense to us what we need to do. Yeah, I think what you're what you're trying to get at is so people are asking what kind of program does is Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes trying to drive home, and the first part about it is you're looking for tough, uh, physical, um, gritty guys. That's the that's the first thing that you look for, but you're also looking for talent. You're looking for talent to round out the roster. What the Lions really need. I think the first part of this is this first part of the, the uh, their culture building was they built this call. They're building a culture to win games later, and they're building a culture where you know. So are you saying they're they're building from the backfield forward? Is that what you're telling me? What do you mean backfield forward? I mean, are, are they are they trying to get are are they trying to build up? Do you think they're going back to building up around the, the QB again? No, I think what they're doing is they're building the whole entire team. What you've seen them do in last year's uh, free agency in the draft and all that jazz or whatever was, and you even see them when they resigned players. They resigned only the players that really helped them. They helped they the ones that helped them stayed with them, and that's a commitment to the team, the players that if you do good. We're gonna reward you. We will pay you. You will get your money, and we will make sure that you're taken care of. Second part is you're in the first. That was the first year of the rebuild. Okay, first year of the rebuild. 
what you are the first year of a 50 year rebuild job <laughs> it was the first year Dan Campbell Brad Holmes rebuilt. All right, all right. They, it's been a little saucy there. It's okay. They have this is their first year of the rebuild. They have to make sure that it's all good. They have to make sure that they have the talent to compete. You're going in a second year and all you're looking to do is gather talent. That's all you're looking to do. And then you're looking to Figure out what you're trying to accomplish in the long in the long scope of it, and that's winning games, obviously. So, so what do we see happening with free agency? What do we see? What do we see happening with the draft? What do we see? What are we to expect then? If this is the plan, and I'm all for a rewarding commitment, I really am. I get it, but. You got to play. You got to produce. You know, and, I I mean, th- and all the guys that they did pay, they produced. So that's what I'm saying is they're paying, they're, that's, they're setting the precedent that if you produce, we will reward you. We've shown that we will reward you. See, it's people. So what do you think they're going to do with all this cap space that they're, that they're keeping open? What do you think they're well, going to do? Next year's free agency class is unbelievable. There are so many top-level players that are available next year. Who are you liking? I mean, I'm going through the list right now. There is – obviously, next year, uh, TJ Hawkinson has a club option, so he's going to be picked up. But there's Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive end from Tennessee. There's Dexter Lawrence. There's Marcus Davenport. There's uh, Deron Payne. There's uh, – Deontay Harris, Jacoby Myers, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. There's so many. Roquan Smith is a, that's a linebacker that they could use. Uh, Anthony Walker. I mean, you go down the list of these guys. There's so many. There's so many top level players that are available next year. If you just have a decent year, if you just have a decent year, you can entice a lot of these guys to come here because. They will have the opportunity to play for a culture that is a winning culture because they have built up the culture the way they want. You mentioned a lot of quality people, and I'm not saying – I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to argue that. But what I will argue is this. More important than getting any particular player who it has potential – I think it's critical that the Lions acquire the right players, not just the best players they can afford, the best ones that are available, but the right players. Well, the guys, the guys I named, all of them, all of them fit the the, the profile that you uh, Dan Campbell and, and his and his guys want. Yeah, but he's gonna have. They're gonna have to get guys that are gonna work well with the existing the existing uh, roster that they're, that they're going to retain. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to have guys who've got chemistry. You're going to have to have guys who are going to be able to. See, I don't buy that because there's always an influx of talent coming in to the rosters. I mean, I think you got to have the right guys. There's a roster turnover every year in the NFL with every team. I mean, you there's, there's every year there's a turnover. There's players leaving, there's players going, there's players coming, there's players staying, whatever. This, in this portion you know, the Lions, they're building – They last year they had a good end of the year. They, they really had a great, good end of the year. They started playing really – they started catching 
of what Dan Campbell is trying to spell. And they believe that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are building the right team. Now, you're going to get most of these guys that your your most talented guys are going to come from the draft. They're going to be they're going to be brought in here as a rookie, and they're going to learn how it is to be a Detroit Lion. Well, that's great, but how long is that going to take? I mean, I, I I'm not sure. You I mean, can you you could see a difference in a year, and don't I don't like I don't like the 1957 thing. That's just that's that's just ridiculous because 1957. Listen, these players weren't even freaking born. So we've been rebuilding though for I think for that long, but I I think that. See, this is how it is. Whenever we record this show, people can't, they're so engaged with what we're saying, Joe, they can't help but make comments. So we do have an audience, by the way, sometimes. Yep. We have live audience folks who, who sit in with us. We've seen a 1957 wrote on a piece of paper. Yeah, wrote on a, wrote on a page. Here's, paper here's, where I, here's where I say it's different, though, Cindy. And, and, and you can correct me if you think that I'm, I'm, I'm joshing, but here's the difference. You have... For the first time, a general manager who didn't bite the bait. Do you understand what I'm saying? When Steve Eisenman came, I in, feel you. when Steve Eisenman came into Detroit, he didn't bite the bait of spending too early. When Troy Weaver came to the Pistons, he didn't bite the bait of going and buying a free agent and that killing them in the long term when they had the talent to compete. You have to draft and develop in these leagues, especially in the NFL and NBA and NHL. And in the NFL, if you draft well, you can turn around your franchise in less than less than a year. And that's what the Lions did last year. They added Penai Sewell to a, a stacked offensive line. Now they're probably going to have one of the best offensive lines in football. They got a guy in Amarant St. Brown who could be a complete steal of the draft last year where he was picked in the fourth round. And you look at guys like Lee McNeil, Levi Anzarike, uh, Mel Fanu, Derek Barnes, they could all take steps up. The Detroit Lions had the the fifth best the fifth best draft class in the NFL last year by snaps played. Mm-hmm. That shows you what Brad Holmes is trying to accomplish. The Lions have never done that. Every time the Lions have had a guy who came in as a general manager, he tried to outspend his mistakes. And that's exactly what I'm saying with Jacksonville, what they're, what they're doing. They are outspending their mistakes of how they drafted, and they're trying to spend it in free agency. And that's just not the way it rolls. I mean, you look at all the great teams across sports. The Yankees, did they did they sign did they sign free agent called Gene, uh, uh, Aaron Judge? No, they drafted him. Did the Patriots sign a guy named Tom Brady at one point? No, they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Did the Spurs sign a guy like Tim Duncan? No, they drafted him. The Ravens, did they sign a guy or did they draft a guy named Steve Steve Eisenman? They drafted him. Did the, Ra- did the Ravens, this is one of their biggest players of their, their, whole, their whole franchise, Ray Lewis, did they sign or did they draft them? They drafted them. And those guys, those players have set the tone for those franchises to this day. So what you're saying is, do you think the Lions are looking for a generational talent and then that's going to come out of the draft? 
I'm not saying that I wouldn't love to have generational talent here in Detroit. You can have a generational talent right now at, at the tackle spot with, with Penn High School. But the other question is, what are we going to do right now to make this team better? And what is the program that they're trying to run? You're going to go in that. You're going to go into the NFL draft. You're going to get your guys. You're going to get a guy. You're going to get a guy that can help you next year. A guy that will be. See, in the NFL, these guys are ready to come out of college. They're ready to play. It's not like Dan Bay where these guys come in and they need a little refresher course. Or the NHL where they had to spend time the aid, you know? Right. Or NBA, they're, the Major League Baseball, they got to spend time in the minors. This is not the same thing. These guys that come out of college football are ready to go. But you got to draft the right players. And see, that's what Brad Holmes developed last year is he drafted the right players that came into this, this team. They contributed, they played well, they learned as a rookie, and they got better as the season went on. And now you're building off that because last year when you started, uh, when the, the Lions started the season, they didn't have a Josh Reynolds that they can count on. They didn't have a DJ Chart. They didn't have an Amon Ross Brown that they can count on. Amon was not even a thought at that point. And these guys came along. Charles Harris, they got defensive end that they re-signed. He was a big-time player. They're going to get back Romeo Okwara, who who is coming off an injury. And he's one. He, he's a defensive leader. I mean, these are just things that you look at and you go, this team is going to turn the corner soon. All right. Well, I, you know what, Joe? You seem to be making some sense. You're selling me, and I'm hard to sell. So I'm hoping that you're right because there's nothing that would please me more than seeing the Lions – have a breakout season coming up in 2022, except for, of course, Cindy Berry becoming the next Secretary of State. That's the only other thing that, that could top that. Really. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> See how I worked that in? You like that? I, you <laughs> Shameless know, promotion. Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be cool if we go into November? If we go into November, the Lions are, you know, buying for their, their 500. They're playing for, they're playing good football. And Cindy Berry, Secretary of State. I'd be, that'd be pretty freaking great because then both of us here to save Michigan. Then we're getting somewhere. Then we're getting somewhere. Amen, brother. Then we're getting somewhere. In our next segment, we are going to talk the NCAA attorney. You don't want to miss that. Make sure to join us. Segment three, Cindy and Joe show. March Madness is upon us. It's a mad March, Joe. <sighs> Yeah, you know, when you're born in March, it's just a madness of other proportions. You know? That is right. Oh, my gosh. How could it have escaped me? We have got to wish Joe a happy birthday. He is going to turn 28 years old. Listen, don't remind me. Don't. On Saturday. John has already reminded me that I'm getting old, okay? That's right. You are two years away. Oh, uh, don't say From it. the dirty 30. Uh, okay. <laughs> back God, back. you know what? If it makes you feel any better, I wish. I remember 28. I don't even remember 28. Sad part is, I wish I was like younger, but whatever. <laughs> like Benjamin Button type stuff. <laughs> like, oh. But anyways, we're, we're but anyway, college we're... basketball. We have a guy that I need. I need you to get. You need to get his name. His name is Jelly. Jelly Walker. <laughs> Really? Yes. Jelly Walker. Is it like spelled the same? Is it J-E-L-L-Y? Yeah, Jelly, yeah. Jelly Walker. He plays for the UAB Blazers. He plays 
against Houston. His name is Jelly, and uh, yeah. he love he, he does love his Jelly too. Big boy, is he? No, he's a, he's a small guy, but he he's been photographed with tons of Jelly. I see, I see. Okay then. All right. Uh Jelly Walk well. Uh I'm wondering what his mom was thinking. She must have been on some really good drugs when he was born. Well that's his nickname because people they just love love Jelly. I see. Okay. Well So USA Today, they did a ranking of all sixty eight of the twenty two 2022 men's NCAA national uh, tournament teams, whatever. Yeah. Can you guess what the number one team was? I'm. I would love to say it was Michigan or Michigan State, but I don't think so. Let's start with number one. Number one. San Francisco. Do you know what their name is? Uh. Nope. You're an Italian. You should know this. They're, I, they're, they are the Dons. The Dons. I love it. Yes. When I discovered Don Francesco, I guess. Audible. Got it. Got it. Okay. Next, we go to St. Peter's. Do you know what their name their nickname is? Uh, can you give me a hint? Um, it's kind of a dirty word and not a dirty word. Oh, boy. Um... I I I, str- I I don't I'm afraid. No, I'm not. I, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how uh, a Catholic school can do this, but they are the St. Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> they must be very proud. Now, number three, I don't agree with is the UAB Blazers because they say dragons rule, but I think that's just stupid. Hey, my campaign mascot is a dragon. <sighs> I know. Sparks is the best. Sparks. So you, you do like number three? Okay. I do. I do. Dragons are all. I'm all in. And number four, I'm pretty sure you've never heard of this school because I didn't hear of them before. This, they are the Longwood Lancers. Wow, and I wonder what's meant by that. Interesting. Okay, moving on. Five. <laughs> Can they prove it? No, I'm just kidding. It's a toothpaste. They are a toothpaste. They are a toothpaste. Toothpaste. God dang it, you went with the wrong one. It's, oh! It's the Colgate Raiders. No, really? Yeah, that's the, that's the school thing. Oh. Six, they had the Akron Zips, so I don't agree with that. But seven, they probably have the coolest mascot ever in the history of mascots. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits. <laughs> and when I show you this picture of the Jackrabbit... That's what I'm saying. It's a cute, it's a cute mascot. Oh, I'm all. That's cute, but that doesn't look like a jackrabbit. Jackrabbits, in my experience, are much bigger and now, kind of scary this, as this, far as rabbits go. Now we go from cute rabbit to absolutely horrifying mascot. It's a St. Mary's Gales, and when I show you this picture, I want your raw reaction. Okay. Well, already that looks. Creepy. Creepy is the word that comes to mind. That looks like the people that stalk your SOS page. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've got some uh, pretty uh, interesting folks uh, that uh, like to to follow me. At nine, they have a big, the big time team finally makes their long awaited into the top ten. Okay. 
Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I like Scarlet Knights. That sounds kind of cool. Now, number 10, they got beat last night in the playing playing game, but they have the ugliest colors. What? Oh, my God. Their mascot probably is the best, one of the best mascots in terms of Old West Cowboys I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I know this one. This, you love this guy. This is the Wyoming Cowboys. Look at this guy. Isn't he a beaut? He looks like a tough dude. He looks like you don't want to mess with him. This is another tough dude. In, this is Texas Tech Red Raiders. I really don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish there. He looks know. he looks like anemic, but he looks like an anemic redhead. It's I, I don't know if that says tough to me. That says uh yeah. That says we're pasty. I don't, that doesn't look that, that wouldn't scare me. That would at no, 18 not very intimidating. At 18, we have the creepiest mascot of all time. But not named Gritty. Is it like a frog? No, it's the Purdue Boilermakers and it's Boiler Pete, and he is absolutely insane because he's a plastic face, and he got—he's not plastic, and he carries around this rubber mallet. He looks like a—he looks like a, a demented mascot. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, Purdue, you got—you got to work on that. I would expect better from Purdue. So where do our Michigan and Michigan State teams come in here? We got a couple cool ones. I mean, if people understood what a Wolverine really was. So Michigan State—they come in at twenty-eight. Michigan is not... Out of 44? Out of 62. Out of six, Oh, well, still. Well, we're in the top third, but I, I, I like... I don't know. I think we should have been way higher than that. Now, Michigan got a scramble down. God, we're going down, down, down. Down these guys. Whoa, they're like way down here. Holy crap. Is this like in terms of what their cool mascot is? Yeah. Oh, come on. They just don't understand. A Wolverine will take you out. Can't even find them. What the hell? They gotta be in the top. How unfortunate. What is going on? Wolverines are like some of the meanest things ever. Why well, is this? Meanest. Yeah. It is even... the meanest animal in Michigan. They aren't even Michigan. See... Eric, here's what I'm saying. They, listen, Michigan, it's a good thing that USA Today forgot you guys because you're just a bunch of bombs. You know what? USA Today tends to forget Michigan a lot, so screw USA Today. Yeah, we, we've had our, we've had our ilks of USA Today. Yeah, I say that X made that. What else, what's on the, what else is on the dock, Joe? What do we got coming up with, uh, Did you see I say you for advertisement? Yeah, just, just like Bill. USA Today, we forgot that, too. <laughs> Everything there was purchased at Wild Bills. So go, go, to, go to Wild Bills. Mm, whatever. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Wild Bills has everything you could possibly need, You'll, and you can get it for a reasonable price, because I'll tell you what, they have a wide variety to fit any budget. They're available all over the state of Michigan. Wild Bills is a huge supporter of us. They believe in the hometown team, and we believe in them. Go see Wild Bills for all your tobacco needs. See, I got that covered. I'm glad someone does. <laughs> USA Today needs to hire me. They need to hire. They need to hire someone. They need help. Yesterday. 
So I'm just hoping, Joe, that my, uh, as long as my parlay bets come in on uh, college basketball, I'm all in. I don't care. I have betted you the gauntlet. <laughs> listen, I, listen, here, 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 just, just know one thing. One thing only, Cindy. What's that, Joe? Tell me. I am good at this stuff, and I will win you more. Maybe we need to start a new podcast. You can go on and be like one of those sports betters. Actually, we're gonna we are gonna debut a new segment next week. It's called Bet Masters. Let's go. Bet Masters. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Listen, we gotta tell about the parlay I won you last time. That what yeah, a, what that a great good. part. That was a single game parlay in the Super Bowl. Guess what? Hit every effing one of them. Every one of them, and I'll tell you what. That is winning. If 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 Odell Beckham. Would have not, if he wouldn't have scored before he got hurt, I would have been SOL. But he scored you, before we got he got hurt, I, and that was part wait, of it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't say SOL. Say SOX. You would be <laughs> shit out of state. <laughs> right, right. Gotcha. And we are off, and we are done with this portion of the podcast. This week's episode. We will see you next week. We will though. see you next week, and yeah. You don't want to miss it. We got big, big news next week on the podcast. Join us for the Cindy and Joe show because we are your hometown team here on Between the Whistles, Detroit. Your hometown team.